Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's a shit club song. Here we go for a Western Bulldogs season 2016 primer. Uh, so we can have a look back at what that happened for them in 2015, and, and a lot happened right. Um, before we look at uh, what's going forward, yeah, for except them. my predictions for them. Yeah. Yep, I. I don't know if many people had him inside the eight. Well, you couldn't really with the preseason they had going from 2014 to 2015. It was pretty hectic and it was really a preseason uncertain. from hell. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, you On lose all levels. You lose your coach. Your captain does an ACL. Oh, sorry, your captain fucks off, and then your new ca- uh, best and fairest does an ACL. Yep, and you know one of your key players decides to give away a strategy to opposition, <laughs> which happened <laughs> later in the year. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll certainly get to that. But uh, look, from the outset, the Best wins for the Bulldogs for 2015. I, I had Fremantle in round 10. Um, across it, um, what do they call it over Freo? What's their stadium? Do, Domain. Domain Stadium, yeah, that's the one. Um, I thought they got eight goals in... Uh, God damn it, I'm looking at the wrong one. <laughs> I'm going to say, I don't remember being Freo. Well, uh, yeah. Well, that's so, our first edit. Yeah, that's our first edit. Um, best win, West Coast. Round uh, one. Round one, yep. yeah, Eddie at the stadium. Uh, especially with their off-season that they had. Yeah, and it was a 10-point win, I think, um, got over the line. And the key with that was that they dominated the stoppages, even though conceding uh, hit-outs, if yep. that makes sense. Wow. Um, yeah, clearances, um, they killed him in. Um, I think their the first use of the ball around the stoppages resulted in 58 inside 50s to, compared to 41, oh. which made all the difference. Someone's been checking up on the stats. <laughs> yeah, well, I had a few written down. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I had West Coast. I thought was their best win as well. Um, we didn't know how good West Coast were at that stage of the season. Yeah, um, but as it turns out, you know, it's I think one of the first, or sorry, one of only one or two losses West Coast had in the first half of the year. Yeah, what do you mean about that? Actually, yeah, yeah it was them and Frio going. Uh, so it certainly got them at the right time. Um, yeah, for me, it was Sydney and Sydney though. Sydney and Sydney on a wet night. Yeah, round fifteen. It, it's round fifteen is around uh, the time of the year where you really know where you're going. Yeah, and it, games that will matter as well. Yeah, and what round fifteen or round five? Fifteen, fifteen was it? Um, yeah, and it's it's that time of the season where let's try round five. Yeah, no, keep going down. Yeah. I was on the site. Round five. Yeah. Anyway, round five. It doesn't yeah. matter. The, yeah. the results are same. It was so Sydney and Sydney on a wet night. Yeah, and a nice tight contest. And in the end, it turns out that uh, accuracy is what won it for them, which that is a. It's a great way to win because it means you were cleaner with the ball. I mean, anyway, is a good way to win in yeah, Sydney. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, if you win by kicking extra points, then fair enough. But uh, that just shows a cleaner uh, ability with skill to me. 
which uh, is something that the Western Bulldogs can really start catching It shows on. temperament, too. Because um, mm. if you have uh, limited opportunities, especially in the wet, you've got to make the most of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, 11-11, uh, not a bad uh, turnaround there. And especially yeah. in Sydney, where they're a very defence-heavy um, side, and that's what they pride themselves on, is putting the opposition under pressure and keeping scores low. Um, and it, it was a grind of a match. Um, yeah. Even if you know the Bulldogs led for most of the day, it, they had to absolutely grind it out all day long. But the thing with that too, the Bulldogs did lead for most of the match, about three whole quarters when you add it all up. But Sydney hit the front with about half a quarter to go, and they'd come from what is it, uh, three, four goals down to do it. Well, locked so, it down too. Yeah. Yeah. So to turn momentum back on a Sydney that had got uh, got a run on, yeah, shows a lot of composure and a, a lot of. Um, strengthen the Bulldogs outfit um, I also put round four against Adelaide um, because Adelaide set off the season on fire and this is uh, their first trip away um, I think from Adelaide Oval no it might not have been their first trip away from Adelaide Oval but uh, anyway it was their first loss for the year um, yeah. and like I said Adelaide was um, you know they, they thumped north in round one and had a couple of strong showings they weren't just beaten they were comprehensively beaten um, and the Bulldogs uh, look like they were there from the get go um, just going to uh, absolutely rip it in. Yeah, especially um, where they were considered you know, poorly, as we said, in pre-season. And Adelaide, yeah. they always get a good beat-up in the off-season. Always. <laughs> Two-horse town. Yeah. And With most of the journals on one but, team. Um, but Adelaide had a, uh, the, were in the, sort of the same bucket as West Coast, and they had a brand-new coach, brand-new captain. Yeah. Um, did I say West Coast? I meant Western Bulldogs. Yeah. Um, so uh, they had that same you know, uh, optimism. Mm. Uh, well, they had much more optimism. Optimism. Um, and Bulldogs just came out and just on fire. Yeah. Build them off the park. Just to try and clarify my earlier fuck up, I got that from the Western Bulldogs site. It does say round 15, Sydney Swans, Saturday, Saturday 2nd of July. So the date should have tipped me off. Right, now I've got to edit that out too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the other side of the coin then, uh, where were their worst losses? Um, I think there's an obvious standout in round six against the Saints, leading by 55 points near halftime and to get done. Um, it doesn't matter against Saints, who were nobody predicted to play finals, uh, yeah. or you know put them up near there. That's one thing, but to to give up a fifty-five point lead against any team, yeah, it's unforgivable. And this was sort of the almost the signature of the Saints for the season was to be down by significant margins and claw way back and get yeah. over the line. Uh, but yeah, Bulldogs, you would consider them to be fighting at the sort of level pegging with Saints in regards to where they're yes. going with their programs. Absolutely. And so they're the games that you'd really want to be able to get over the line. And especially a close one like that, you'd really look at that as a yardstick for how you're going. Um, That's it. Shouldn't have, been, shouldn't have been close. Yeah. Uh, it should have been over at halftime. Um, we, just looking now, uh, 10 goals to two. Yeah. Um, at, at halftime. Uh, you, you should be looking at, you know, a percentage booster to set you up for the rest of the year. Yeah. Instead, lit- down by seven. Yeah, the worm literally looks like a staircase. Just going up, up, goal at a time, goal at a time. And especially, like, um, I think it was the Lee Montagna goal right at the end that um, uh, got it for him. Oh, was was that that one? Was that that game or am I thinking of a different game? Let's have a look here. Might be thinking of a different game. Um, Anyway, you should be able to lock out those games. Um, It's not just giving up the lead. It's, you know, after they've kicked four goals, you go, all right, mate, we've got to sort something out here. Yeah. You don't let the nine goal run. Or a ten goal run, um, yep. but uh, anyway, that's uh, it's just the way it goes. No, it wasn't the Lee Montagna game. That was a different one. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. I was trying to figure that one out. But yeah, still with the Bulldogs. I mean, yeah, the, those ones that might make 
those games make the difference is where they go this season. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, they're the ones where you saw um, North Melbourne had those problems with getting over the line. Uh, close Line games. Shit. Yeah. Uh, Richmond had the same problem. And you're all fighting all amongst uh, those teams for maybe two or three spots in the bottom half of the eight. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, the other bad loss I had was round eight against Melbourne. Um, round six was... Okay, they're, they're on a high after, you know, big wins against Adelaide and Sydney. Yep. Then round six has sort of dented them and they haven't been able to carry it through. So uh, They got fucking smashed. Yeah, exactly. Got smashed by Melbourne. I mean, how often can you say that in the last eight yeah. years? Yeah, um, losing to Frio in Frio, you can understand they they put up a show though. Yeah. Um, you know, kick fourteen goals against Frio, that's a good turnout. But then to come back and kick nine, um, yeah. against Melbourne, it's just not good enough. And the yeah. funny thing is, whenever I look at um, whoever had the worst loss, I immediately go to Melbourne. They're the ones that yeah. always stick out. It's like Melbourne beat them. Oh shit, that's got to be up there for a name well, of the hat for worst. There's yeah. a couple of others. Well, they only played at the MCG twice, um, and the first one oh, yeah. Yeah. being uh, Richmond, <laughs> where they were, uh, got uh, got the chocolates there. So. You, know, you can't really blame the ground, but you know. Then again, you only play the MCG twice, and the yeah. last one was in finals where they were unlucky in the end. But yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, that's not really an excuse. I no, it's not. It's it. not. Especially for you know, the, the goalposts are the same width apart, um, yeah. and your teammates are the same uh, distance away when you're trying to kick yeah. it to them. And Melbourne don't do too good at MCG anyway. Well, so. they don't do, yeah, they're true. good anywhere. Yeah, well, it's not as you get ground. You're not getting overawed by the crowd when you play. Certainly Melbourne, not. Are you? Not at a Melbourne home game. Um, you know, the crowd might even know more Western Bulldogs players than they'd know their own team. I say generally, the even the Melbourne member section is generally Western Bulldogs um, supporters who have managed to get MCC membership. <laughs> just thinking, I don't know. That must be a very small Venn diagram. Yeah. <laughs> MCC supporters, Western uh, MCC members, Western Bulldogs supporters. Yeah, um, there's a bloke at the front selling ties for three fifty. I'm gonna say, um, if there is ever any uh, Western Bulldog supporters that have seen their last premiership, I think those two groups, are, <laughs> yeah. they're the same. Jeez, wouldn't want to wait too much longer. Mutual respect <laughs> between both of them. <laughs> um, so, uh, but it was a very positive year for, for the Bulldogs. I mean, 14 wins and finishing sixth. Uh, I meant mm. to cover that at the top. Yeah. Um, standout players for them. Um, they got a bunch. Oh, yeah. For me, the one that surprised me the most was Bob Murphy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Captain of the All-Australian team. Honestly, I, I going into that season, I thought he was just a, a good club man. A caretaker, but almost. But nothing, you know, nothing to worry about. But he just ran with the leadership. He, he's Did doubled his value as a player. Absolutely he has. Yeah, uh, that's a good way of putting it, is he doubled his value um, to the club. Some people, you know, when they get... He hasn't uh, doubled his wage, but he's doubled his <laughs> wage. No, probably not. But, I mean, that's, that's the Western Bulldogs way, too, is that the old scraggers. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, he's not far off being a pension too, so he'll probably make up for it. <laughs> but he, I think getting the captaincy has added a year to his career as well. I honestly do think it has as well, just because having him around when you've got such a, an elite young group coming yep. through, um, and now add suckling to that roster, obviously, which we'll chat about later, but he is that steady head that the team's been crying out for. And now Reliable. that he's got it, you wonder why he hasn't had it uh, three years back. But yeah. You know, it's um, it's sat well and makes uh, those sort of moves make coaches look like geniuses. Especially when you get some unknowns just come out and have stellar years. Yeah, mm. uh, they've done that, been um, consistent in that front with Bont and Pelly and Wallace and well, had a good season. I've got Bont down as one of my um, standouts for the year as well. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, but there's a little asterisk next to it because we know how good he can be. Yeah, and he he still hasn't lived up to his potential. Um, yeah, but he still had a great year. Um, Jakey Stringer, 
Who was yeah. he in 2014? Exactly, yeah. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. <laughs> he was second string to Cromary, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, he's gone from second stringer to first stringer. Yeah. I'd much rather that nickname than the package. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, uh, Easton Wood going across half back. Yeah. yeah. I reckon by about round 14, he was a lock for all Australian. Absolute yeah. gimme. Yeah. Um, he's uh, taken that role. Um, he's a marking backman like yeah. Brian Lake was, yeah. but not, but at halfback rather than fullback, yeah. um, which makes him just all that more attacking. Yeah, and that's, sort of, that's what I like is he's sort of attacking mindset from that centre halfback um, position. Um, like, almost like a, I don't know, like a quarterback or I think I've used analogy yeah. before, but more or less setting up from there and raising his eyebrows. Is that what they say? Ra- raising his eyes instead of lowering them. Lift his forward, eyes, yeah. yeah. Lift his eyes up. Well, <laughs> I mean, at halfback, you've got the entire game in front of you. Right? Yeah. When you've got the ball, I mean, there's yeah. literally um, uh, nearly every player would be in front of you, bar maybe two. Yeah, um, the way they go, so you can see what's going and where the gaps are. Um, and when you've got somebody that's um, going to mark the ball as often as he yeah. does, and then has the smarts to know what to do with it, yeah, just sets everything up on the right foot. Because especially kicking to advantage going forward with players running towards goal instead of that short chip around and allowing the opposition zones to readjust, yeah. you really have to be one kick ahead. Um, even other you know standout players. I mean, we could name probably another half. Red Path is one that's really done it for me. Yeah. Um, not the most consistent player. But, geez, when he's a head up full of steam, he's hard to stop. Yeah, I don't know. Did he play many games, though? Uh, he had a few. Um, like I said, he won't, won't set things on fire, but uh, he's a, a solid player. I remember seeing him in the North Melbourne game, and he just was unstoppable. Yeah. Like, he didn't tear it apart, but every possession mattered, if you get what I mean. He did something, yeah. He did something. Um, well, in, in that team where he's only fighting for lots of people who, you know, similar positions, you have to be able to have, have those little feathers in your cap. Mm. Um, but I mean they had uh, Matty Boyd across halfback as well uh, McRae Wallace um, and even Dalhouse um, yep. had his good games so yeah. they didn't really have any um, uh, they had a lot of contributors nobody that um, uh, stood head and shoulders above the, the rest yeah. but they had a lot of contributors yeah um, oh even um, what's his name uh, Johansson Yo- uh, Johan Johansson fucking... I'm mispronouncing it I think Oh, Jason Johannesson. Johannesson. Yeah, and Lin Jong. Um, yeah, both Jong those guys. Again, um, fringe players at best yeah. who came in and when injury let them um, yeah. were attacking options. But the thing is, those players also had real solid seasons in um, the VFL as well. The VFL Premiers. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I remember watching a couple of games, well, well, finals they were. The final series of the VFL was awesome. Like, yep. They were really good games. And Tom Boyd played some really top games. And whenever their players got that chance to come up into the A-team, they looked ready. Yeah. And like they were contributors from the get-go, especially Ling John, who looked like he put on some strength over the off-season, which I think really benefited he, his he game. He really had to. He, he needed to do. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, they've got winners on every line. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that was the difference for them this year. I mean, if you're going to nitpick, you'd say their ruck is a little weak um, with Roughhead and uh, Minson. But, you know, Minson, wow. if, he, if he clicks... Yeah. And he'll, he'll be brilliant. And he did click. I think he, he had a really good game against Goldstein, didn't he? He was did. It, it was either he had a really good game against Goldstein or Sanderlands. I can't remember uh, I which think one. Both, to be honest. I think he had, uh, from memory, he negated Goldstein really well in the game I was at. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a bit of a scrappy game, to be honest. But um, but he also had a big stint in the twos. Mm, yeah. Um, and also where he pushed it up. Remember, yeah, that's right. Signed the footy, best 10K right. I ever spent, or whatever two. it was. And the other mm. thing on that is that, like was evidenced, I think 
against West Coast, where I picked their best game, was that they can lose the ruck but still win clearances, yeah. which is the sign of a mm. strong midfield. Yeah. yeah, and strong midfield's what they've got. I mean, yeah. especially when you get Liberatore back yeah. in there um, uh, next year. Yeah. yeah, and with winners in every line, there's still more winners coming in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we're going to move on to oh, no, oh, uh, the ends, but the I mean, ends, but uh, Boyd still hasn't played yeah. and yeah. is still probably two years off his peak. If you look yeah. at exciting ends, um, we'll segue to that. Yeah. Dunkley, if he's half as good as his genetics say he should be, geez, they're going to have a strong ass back line. He's an interesting one, the uh, father son pick, because he, he looked like he was keen to stay in uh, um, Melbourne, obviously, yeah. um, and had uh, Sydney as the little backup plan. But uh, the, the Bulldogs were happy enough to, to pick up Dunkley. Yeah, he seems to be... Um, he, he went deeper in the draft than he probably deserved. Yep. Um, he should have gone a little bit higher. But uh, yeah, and, I mean, the other big ins they've got is Matthew Suckling and Jed Adcock. So Jed Adcock's mm. a good pickup. He's yeah. a, a depth player. And that's probably what they need a little bit more of is, is more depth. Yeah. Um, Matty Suckling's going to be interesting because uh, it, it, it's a bit of a Stewie Jew type of pickup. Yep. You're picking him up for his left leg. Yeah, but he, he doesn't have much else. He's going to have a role there with Western Bulldogs. So uh, I don't think it's a very, I think it's quite a smart move. I mean, you, there's only so much experience you can get. You yeah. only get what's available, if that makes sense. So um, picking someone like that up, I think he can have a role to play and yeah, more or less be a, a muse to the younger players coming yeah. through. Yeah, well, they don't need to trade for more youth, I don't think. No. Um, they're aiming for their window to be open uh, probably between two and five years' time. Yeah, maybe even uh, this year they should still be challenging. Oh, yeah. And then next year, I think if they're not looking at top four next year, they're, they're silly. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're going to be a damn strong chance and they've they've shown in the past they can keep bobbing up and you know keep fighting against teams that on uh, I guess on class should probably beat them but they've had the uh, aggression and the yeah. bulldog spirit I, I think guess you call on them. in past seasons on class they should have beat them but now they're the team with class yeah um, mm. oh, that, well that's what they should be looking at um, also I think um, some of their positives are some of their outs they've lost a few um, list cloggers yeah. as um, Terry Wallace used to call yeah. them. Um, for starters, they've delisted Ace Cordy. Um, he's been a project player for them for quite a long time. And I think he was a top 10 draft pick as well that just never grew into his body. <laughs> Didn't turn out to be an ace. No, he, he was a clear Gumby. <laughs> we got the joker. Oh, God. <laughs> um, the floss microphone head, Jared Grant. Um, he's, gone, oh, yeah. uh, he's gone up to the Gold Coast. He was one of those hot and cold players, but... He's not getting the game ahead of uh, Stringer or yeah. McRae or no. e- even Cramery. Yeah. Uh, Michael Talia, which I, I heard a whisper just that he's he's leaving. Apparently he was unhappy or something. I'm not sure <laughs> there. Yeah. Well, it is sad in this because if you read all the stories, like his family's been there like since '54. Yeah, it was like what, his grandfather was one of the last survivors of the Premiership team or yeah, something. Yeah, something I don't know. Know. Maybe don't give the fucking team game away to your brother then. I I, I really <laughs> would love to know the full story of that. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, we get bits and pieces from one side and then, uh, you know, it was like, oh, Stringer's going to play forward. Well, no shit. But <laughs> yeah. then again, there was, you know, uh, oh, yeah, my phone got lost in Vegas. I couldn't, uh, can't, <laughs> yeah. can't show you what Someone I told Someone hacked them. my Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> All that kind of gear. But so, also, even coming from the Adelaide point of view, if Talia comes and goes, yeah, my brother told me this is their game plan, surely right. most of you are going to be like, all right, that's cool, but it's Excuse not mate. credible. <laughs> like, we can't just readjust our entire game plan around this little tiny bit of information that exactly. may or may not be true. Whatever he told you. Yeah. We and got fooled with that Chris Bradscott trick before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I used to watch the mole. I know this shit. Um, we've also, uh, Brett Goods, 
Um, handy player, yeah. but he, he obviously he came into the uh, team late and through yeah. VFL. Played um, some good games in VFL too, yeah. actually. In he, the finals, he had a bit won, of a cracker game. Won the medal yeah. in yeah, um, too, 2014, right. yeah. the VFL Grand Final. I don't know what the best on ground's called, but he won yeah. it. Um, Jordan Kelly and uh, Daniel Pierce, who has the um, fame of being the second best person with his name in the in the league. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a pretty hard to keep your spot when that's happening. Well, yeah, there's a couple, I guess. There's two Tom Lynches. Oh, yeah. Two, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Thompson. Scott Thompson. Scott. Two yeah. Scott Thompsons. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, Daniel Pierce is gone. So the draftees, like you said, Josh Dunkley with the uh, father-son pick. Um, and Kieran Collins. Kieran Collins uh, was one of the players that I thought Hawthorne were going to pick up with their first or second pick. Right. Um, but he's a ready-made key position backman, and he's a massive lad. Really? And I think he's uh, 19 or 20. Sure. So he's going to slot right in. And I reckon he'll, like, they've had uh, Michael Talia in, yep. in that position. I reckon he might just uh, be better suited to that position than Michael Talia already. Um, so that's a great pickup for him. Is he big as in tall or big as in built? Uh, he's one ninety four and ninety five kilos. So okay. that's bloody Both. big for uh, a young lad. Yeah, yeah. but that's thing with those young people who are that big, do you really have to manage their recoveries? Because yeah. you look at especially Ruckman, who if they can make it to still playing at twenty nine to thirty four, that's when they usually have their prime years. I think he's going to be a bit like uh, Sauce Bottle Merrick. You know, right. it's that um, rough and tough backman to take on the the gorillas. Yeah, and that's what they've been missing for years. Yeah. You look at the bloke's build, and he's built a lot like a Jonathan Brown. Yep. Um, yep. Hopefully, you can keep his head out of other people's <laughs> knees and shit, um, which you know is beneficial for a long career. But uh, yeah, if he keys it together, geez, some back, uh, some forwards are going to be hating their life. Depending yeah. how he handles his first AFL preseason, he could cement himself as the best 22 for a team playing finals. Yeah, yep. as, a, as a starting backman, do you reckon if he lines up on round one, um, who are they playing round one? Uh, Frio. 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 Oh, even better. So say he lines up round one, Frio, he's standing pav. Do you reckon if he punches him right in the nose, which is hard to miss, gets five <laughs> games, you're still going... Well, lad, at least you're not fucking backing down. <laughs> uh, I guess so, but I can't see Pav angering anybody. No, but with Pav's nose... No, just, just like jailhouse just, style. Find the biggest bloke, belt him, so no one else fucks with you the rest of the with, season. With Pav's nose, you could legitimately say you're going for the ball, though. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is very true. The problem is, if he's going to fight the biggest bloke on Frio, like... <laughs> <laughs> he better take a run and leave. I'll see you in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, so let's have a look at their 2016 season. Their double-up games, not an easy one at all. Uh, their double-ups are Frio. So if he does belt Pav in round one, he's got a, he's got a return match <laughs> over in Subi. And we know what fucking Frio fans it can be like. He, he, yeah. might, he might get rested. So, yeah, okay, let's just get belted. Let's just put that out. How about he, he waits till round two? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, he's not, he's not coming back. Yeah, but you can't belt Revolt. I mean, everyone I mean, likes Revolt. You've got to belt Pav. Yeah, I like Revolt, yeah, but, but I still like seeing him punch in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Pav could take it. I think Revolt, you know. He's had a few head knocks. Yeah, he might run back on field and get punched again. Uh, so the double-up games, Frio, North, Geelong, Collingwood, and the Saints. Um, I th- I like that they're playing the Saints twice um, yeah. because they, they're they two teams that are always going to be lumped together because yeah. they're teams with uh, struggles off the field, one premiership each. So yeah. they're always yeah. spoken about in the same breath so they should instead of saying no we want to be a big club and compared to you know they, they came out and they said we don't want to be seen as the nice guys anymore yeah we don't want to be everybody's second favorite team yeah um i, I reckon instead embrace that rivalry 
yeah. um, and try and make the most of it and try and ma- turn it into a marquee. Because yeah. if you, both teams looking for a marquee matchup, make it yourself. Yeah. Um, it's also, I think it's a shame they're not playing GWS twice because they started to have that rivalry with them. Mm. Yeah. Um, you want to keep it strike while their iron's hot. Yeah, you need like a Conor McGregor in the team or something yeah. who just <laughs> things smack on Twitter. And both teams need that rivalry. Yep, they do. Um, yeah. and I think they should absolutely get a Conor McGregor-style rivalry um, shit-slinging match going because people are going to say, oh, you know, is it really kosher? Fuck yes. Sledging is a massive part of Australian sporting culture. Of course yeah, it is. Absolutely. So you get the smart ass out there, give him a microphone. I'd Libertore would be a perfect guy for it because well, based on hereditary alone, he's, he's not Libertore, so yeah, he's, a chance. He's not shy about getting into people. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, maybe not biting so, people and shit, but So yeah. you're saying bring back Acker? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think I can't see it happening. <laughs> yeah, that, that that might be a long shot. But if you offered that role to Acker, said, All right, we need someone what? who's gonna be able to sling shit. What do you mean offer that role? <laughs> <laughs> It's a bit like going to Sanderlands. Can you play tall for us? <laughs> Aka, can you be a bit of a cunt on the field, mate? Aka, we've got a role for you. Here's business card. It just yeah. says cunt. Yep, exactly. I'm qualified. Aka's got that role. You just have to direct it, mate. Can you do it to the other team? Then Aka, other team. Aka probably be like, you know I've got a book, right? <laughs> um, I mean, in the business side of things, it's always good to have a home game against Collingwood. Yeah. Um, it's, forget about all the, you know, sledging Collingwood yeah. and always want to beat them. It's It's money. They have yep. a home game against them, and there's undeniable fact about that. Yeah, uh, I think I agree with that. What they're fighting is indifference from everyone else. Yes. Yeah. a lot of time, just don't care playing the Bulldogs. Like, playing at the MCG, yeah, man, we'll go watch. It's not going to be a blockbuster game that you'll circle at the start of the year, and the need for that to be someone. Well, and look, if coming from, you know, uh, a Hawthorne supporter's viewpoint, I'll look at it and go, oh, yeah, good, I can get a seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, I can walk up. Um, yeah, I'll do walk up. It that might day. take you three and a half hours to get in with the current... <laughs> uh, Oh, that's, protection. A, that's not going to make it past round two. Those, those fence, yeah. Uh, that's why I love those security fence around MCG now, where it's like, keeping out fucking whatever. Yeah, but it's a construction <coughs> security fence. Like, let's just say I'm planning on bombing some shit, which has probably got this podcast on a watch list right now, if that uh, goes to air. Uh, let's say I'm planning on bombing some shit. I'm pretty sure that some old mesh wire isn't going to really stop me. I mean, shit, you can pass it under the fence, over the fence. Fucking through the fence if it's small enough. I don't know. We get together with everyone and put one of these around the Middle East. So we've solved terrorism full stop. Yeah. There we go. Done. Well, and even the fucking fence, they just pop out of the weight. So you just, oh, hang on, there's a fence here. Pop. Yeah. Walk through. Pop back. They call it the theatre of security or, or something like yeah, that. Because the thing just... is, even if there's a fence there, it has to be manned. And so yeah. if you're going to man that fence, you may as well know the fence there and just have men there. I'm going to say, and it's the same blokes manning that fence that can't catch a streaker <laughs> across the MCG. How are they going to catch a bloke with a bomb strapped to his test? Well, let's just say, if someone throws a grenade and one of those blokes jumps on it, the Ooh. force of that explosion ain't going nowhere. No, no that's, that's a good point. <laughs> I think half those people in security are the ones most likely to have a bomb strapped to their chest as well. <laughs> well. They look like they already have half of them. Couldn't outrun a blaster for fucking sure. That's steroids. Um, so... Who, who are we looking for a big year? Who's going to be the surprise um, All-Australian contender contention, um, for, from the Bulldogs for this year? Well, everyone already expects uh, Bontepelli Libertore. Um, no, that was my one, Bont, because he's never made it before. I reckon it's his year to say, I'm, I'm going to make it. Yeah, he's been a bit consistent. And yep. you know, playing where he does, it's a glut of talent, obviously, in the middle. Um it's going to be really interesting to see who does take the next step. I'd, I'd love to see Stringer get in the conversation. Yep. Um, I think he's one that has the capability to do it. But um, I think he made the 40 this year. I don't know yeah. if he made the team. But there's all, there's all those guys that are 
solid players that they want to move to elite. Like uh, Honeychurch, his highlight reel, fantastic. His week-in, week-out effort is there, but it's just not quite getting the superstar results that they want. The, the class. Yeah. yeah. Um, ditto with Wallace. Uh, skills, yeah. unbelievably good. Uh, just needs more consistency. And uh, that little he, X factor bit. If uh, Liberatore comes back fight and fit, um, the the duo of Wallace and Liberatore, you know, yeah. again, <clears throat> they're always going to be spoken in the same breath because they're father-sons and yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but working together, uh, you know, to shake a tag, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and that's what they've got to do. They've got to be able to... We say it a lot, but make the position accountable for a widespread of players so mm-hmm. that you can implement your game plan and not be playing counter. And I think a key to that would be Tommy Boyd stepping up, mm-hmm. Grey White Hope, yeah. proving that he <laughs> is not just hype. And especially with Adcock in the side as well, a bit more muscle in there, a bit he's more got big a, man playing around. He's got his match his paycheck at some stage. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and that should be able to um, free him up a bit to be able to play his game. If you can play like he did in the seniors, like, you know, against little kids, then... Uh, against the fight. VFL, you mean? The VFL, yeah. sorry, yeah. Um, he should be in good stead. Yeah. The, the thing I've always liked about Wallace and Libertore is that they don't play too pretty. Like, oh, no. Some guys who are silky smooth uh, with skills, they get knocked off the ball a bit easy. They they never seem to retaliate. Like Andrew Swallow is one that I've seen a lot. Gets a lot of the ball, does a lot of nice things with it, but you get belted all the fucking time because he never hits him hits back. And plays the role of receiver. Yeah. Oh, yeah the um, whereas... Whereas Wallace and Libertore, they don't give a fuck if you think they're pretty or think they're not. They're not trying to post for calendars. They just want the fucking ball. And they'll, yeah. They'll, and they'll eat you to do it. <laughs> you'll fight tooth and the nail. No doubt. Yeah. You know, they'll scratch their way through. Which is exactly what you want in an under players. Um, so who's on the chopping block for them, then? Who's in trouble at the Bulldogs? Well, Minson is one that comes to mind. Always. Um, yep. Always. Potentially roughhead as well. He's been, you know, one or the other, I think... Uh, needs to put their authority on the position. Well, Ruffhead um, started to become consistent. Um, consistently at, above average. Yeah. Um, we're trying to find where he slots in a lot of the time as well. Because, mm. I mean, his surname has made it yeah. a little bit more difficult for him. Yeah. So they tried yeah. to make him into a key forward. <laughs> it's McKernanitis. Yeah. Played a bit of Russ yes. there as well. Um, so he's been that key backman slash part-time ruckman slash full-time ruckman when Will Minston's got the shits. Yeah. But I mean, he has age over Minston. Yeah, um, mm. uh, and so does Tom Boyd. Yep. Um, Boyd's obviously going to be given time because um, he's what nineteen or twenty yeah, or whatever so, yeah. it is. Ridiculous. Uh, whereas Minston's uh, nearing thirty. I don't think he's thirty yet, but he, he's nearing there. We keep hearing about how smart Will Minston is because he's got his engineering degree or whatever. Does he? Geez, we'd love to see it. Yeah, but here's one thing: how many smart engineers have you met? I don't know. There's None. there's usually a mixture. There's the none. there's the mathematically smart dudes who figure shit out so quickly it's brilliant. And then there's the dudes that are like, yeah, probably should have accounted for the cars on the bridge as it collapses. <laughs> the smart ones are like, yep, no, be able to build a bong out of an avocado, some pipe, <laughs> yeah. and a lounge chair. I remember Stephen Fry saying once, like, he's talking about chess grandmasters, you know, how they can think 100 moves and yeah. see everything ahead. He said, but you wouldn't trust them to tie their own shoelaces. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. That's all they can do. Well, so it's almost maybe like, it's a bit like that. almost like autism or something. Yeah. I always thought about setting up my own little chess master... Um, competition where I've set up like a little lane or whatever and you got boards on each side and someone sits down and I'd walk up and down the middle and just play against everyone. Right. I can't play for shit. Yeah. So I'd lose every game. It'd be hilarious wasting all these people's time like <laughs> 20 people at a time because <laughs> it would take them at least half an hour to realise that I'm shit. I, I, um, I saw one. I'm happy that I figured it out. Um, Darren Brown yeah. was playing like 20 Grandmasters oh, like, oh, yeah. at one the one time yeah. and another, you know, like 
uh, head of the Oxford Chess Club. Yeah. All he was doing was playing the opposite moves. Yeah. Um, across, and I thought that's exactly what I would have done. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, so he won some, lost some, and drew some. Yeah. But he'd uh, be playing like the last person's move, or whatever. He'd do yeah, that the next. Yeah. He's playing order. black, white, black, yeah. white, black, white kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't know chess. Why <laughs> we got into that? It's a it's chess with a football, isn't it? Really? Because we're really Not analytical. Really. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other person I put on the chopping block was Jack Redpath yep. because uh, I've seen like he dominates the VFL mm, um, yeah. and we saw him one or once or twice come up and show what he is capable of but he's such a massive unit he should be dominating yeah um, mm. and I feel like uh, with Jakey Stringer um, and Jackson McRae and a few of the other boys like he, his role as a key forward it's almost People have gone past him. Yeah. And we always hear that, you know, the bigger players, they take longer to develop. But there comes a point where you're going to cut your losses. Yeah. Either, you know, <laughs> shit or get off the pot. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know how many of those mediocre seasons he's got left before they go, you know what, we're going to we're gonna look look elsewhere. Yeah. And with tall men that are younger than him, that they're still waiting to develop, then they could just yeah. knock well, it on the head and be like, mm-hmm. move it along. Well, the thing in his favor is he gets the ball. Um, he only played the second half of the season, but he was doing quite well. He was inaccurate in front of goals, yeah. which was a pain which, in the ass. Which hurts with which key not, forward. Yeah, it, it is kind of the role of the key forward. So, yeah, look, I agree. I think uh, he's got to step up, but uh, he's definitely got the talent to do so. And look, if he doesn't, they'd get good value for him in a trade. Yeah, uh, that's it. But that's exactly it. If he doesn't step up this year, he's trade. you you got to. Well, yeah. He, Jake Stringer had the year that Jack Radpath should have had. Yes. Yeah, can definitely see that. Um, so Mitch Wallace got a bit of Sage Northcote in him. Modest muscles. Yeah, say modest muscles and good looks. Yeah, <laughs> he's a pitching wedge. <laughs> um, okay, so if they're the the chopping blocks. Um, you know, coaching wise, uh, safe be- beverage second year. Yeah, made finals. Safe. Um, even though they lost their final, it was game of the year. Yeah. Oh shit! Yes. Um, yeah. You know, and they have, have a little bit of composure in the final two minutes. They're winning. Yep. Um, it really took a freak effort from um, good mate Texan to get his team over the line. It was a great one-on-one, then a fantastic pass. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, smooth head. Look, five things go your way in the game and the results beyond doubt before that happens. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so, a bit of experience yeah. in the back line. You've got someone drop back there to cover off that happening. Oh, the fact is, the ball shouldn't have got out there yeah. you know, you know, in, in the first place. Yeah. Uh, never mind. I mean... Tex is going to win a lot of one-on-ones, and he, yeah. he won one. And the thing is, if he's going to win those one-on-ones, you want him to win them on the wing. Uh, we, mm. Yeah, which they did, but yeah. you, you don't want 100 metres space yeah, behind exactly. him. <laughs> <laughs> Once he gets ahead of steam okay. up. So, 2016 then. Uh, 2015, 14 wins, finishing sixth. Where are they going in 2016? Well, where have we got them? Um, well, I've got them finishing eight. I reckon they can still stay inside the eight. Um, they will improve naturally, um, but they do have a tougher run. And I think that they won't surprise people as much this year. But they will improve and finish two spots lower. That's how I've got it. Yeah, see, I've got them dropping out, but only because there's going to be just such a a jam between 5th and 13th. Um, It's going to come down to percentage for top eight, I reckon. Um, I think they'll... You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Their inconsistency might hurt them and they might drop a couple of games they should probably win. But they're, they're at the sort of state of their development where they should beat probably 14 teams, uh, 14 of the teams but they could easily lose to about 12 of those teams too. Yeah, yeah I'm going to finish in seventh. Um, like I, Again, it's between them, Adelaide, and GOS for seven, eight, and nine. Uh, mainly I put them in there because I'd rather play the Bulldogs in first league finals <laughs> than Adelaide. <laughs> um, but having said that, like I've picked them eighth. If they finish fourth, I'll go, yeah, okay. That's understandable. Yeah, yeah. They could yeah. still do that. Yeah. It just depends on what teams are up <laughs> this year. And just Geelong getting those sneaky fucking danger fields in the preseason draft has <laughs> thrust them straight up in the top four where yeah. I might have entertained them being the fourth spot yeah. if it wasn't for Geelong getting up there. I think all of us have done that. Danger field to Geelong with Selwood as well. You're kind of like, well... It's like, fuck you. They're, <laughs> they're right. easy top four now. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then again, Dangerfield doesn't need and all of a sudden you're like, nah, nah, they're yeah. Yeah. Having said that, I don't think uh, last year any of us picked the Bulldogs in the top ten. No. Nah. Um, and this year, two of us have got them in the eight. So, yeah, shows uh, how much. So we probably fucked up again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do us for the Bulldogs. All right, yeah, good luck season for the Scraggers. Good luck. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.